Good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone. This is Pearly Martin, Arthur Pearly Martin, and I'm dropping in today for part chapter two of my series episode from my book, Understanding Your Own Issues and Other Issues. Yesterday we talked about, the other day we talked about the blame game, and I challenged you to own your own issues. Today we're going to talk about confessing your own thoughts. Now that we have admitted it and we're no longer blaming others for our actions and our reactions because what we learn from the blame game is that when we blame others uh, for what we do, it's really a statement of weakness because what we're really saying is they have power and control over us. Now, like I said to you, I don't know about you, but that's just too much power for me. So, hey, I'm going to drop in. We're going to start with James 5. James 5 and 16 is coming from my book again, Understanding Own Issues and Other Issues. Um, page 10. I'm on page 10 if you have my book. If you don't have my book, order it online at Amazon, Barnes and Nobles under Pearly Martin Books. Okay, so let's jump right into it. James 5, 16, NIV said, Therefore, confess your, confess, confess your sins um, to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and affection, effective. So here he's telling us in James uh, 5, 16, for us to confess our own, our own sins one to another. One translation says, King James said, confess your own faults one to another. Um, so I want to say, confess your own faults one to another and not the faults of others. Confessing other people's faults are not going to get us free. We must confess our own faults. Um, one to another because we have to admit it before we can quit it how many of you know that matthews reminded us that we must take the blank out of our own eye before we can see the speck the splinter in our brother's eyes so we god wants us to look at ourselves so we can confess our own thing because how many of you know that we are really the main subject of our own life story here i, I want to go into a little bit more it says we are to confess our own faults and not the faults of others so we can be healed and set free from the um, from the issues which are flowing out of our own individual lives. Um, I want to ask the question, what's the issues that are in your life? What's the issues that's coming from flowing from inside your heart? If we want to find what's inside the issues which are hiding inside our heart, we can simply listen to what's coming, the issues that are in our lives. And we can also listen to what's coming out of our mouths. Because the Bible tells us that um, at the abundance of our heart, our mouth is speaking. How many of you know that? Jesus said at the abundance of a man's heart, his mouth speaks. It's not that which goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but it's, that, it's what comes out of the mouth that defiles the man. So it's at the abundance of our own heart that our mouth is speaking. You want to know what's in your heart? Listen to what's coming out of your mouth. So how do we change uh, what's coming out of our heart? Is addiction, is addiction, is that an issue? Is anger an issue? Is envy an issue? In every area in our lives uh, where there's an addiction, a stronghold, a bondage, which we all have issues, um, we call that, you know, the, our issues are triggers. You know how people say, like, well, don't push that button. They push that button. No, that your I issues are your triggers. Those are your trigger issues. Okay. So, but those are attached to a lie. It's kind of like a bomb. A bomb has a detonator. 
okay? And the only way that bomb can go off is if you push that detonator. Well, the devil knows how to push the detonator, but the only reason he's able to, to do it is because it's attached to a lie. Every area in our lives where there's an addiction, a stronghold, or a bondage is an area in our lives where we're believing a devil's lie. The issues in our lives is, is attached to the devil's lie. It's attached to a lie. Because, see, in order to do something, we act on what we believe, right? So those bad actions and reactions that we're having is coming, is stemming from a lie that we're believing. So Jesus told his disciples in John, he said, if you be my disciples, if you continue, if you are my disciples, if you, excuse me, if you continue my word, you are my disciples indeed, D-E-E-D, -E and you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, what does God's word, what does the truth set us free from? The truth sets us free from a devil's lie. The truth in any area of our lives will set us free from a lie. When the light comes, when the truth comes, the darkness has to leave. The devil can no longer hold us captive by the lie. Isn't that what Eve did? She ate the lie. She believed the lie. She conceived the lie. She ate the lie. And she did, and she did what she, she acted on what she believed. She later came back and said, told the Lord, he deceived me. How was Eve deceived when she knew the word? She knew the word because she quoted it back to the devil. She told the devil what God said. The devil said, you, you cannot eat. And she said, yeah, he did say we can eat. We just can't eat from that tree. So she quoted the word back. How many of you know we can know the word and still be deceived if we don't believe? <laughs> See, deception comes through doubt and unbelief. That's how the spirit of deception comes. The devil convinces us that the truth is a lie and the lie is the truth. Isn't that what deception is? He, can, he tricked her out of the truth. Don't let the devil trick you out of the truth. This is why we have to be honest with ourselves. No, um, what we do is not who we are, but it's an action and a reaction in which we allow our flesh to commit. Okay, so don't confuse that. The real you is, a, is the spirit. We're spirit, soul, and body. But when we allow our flesh to do what it wants to do, then we need to repent of that and we need to say that we're sorry. We need to confess it so we don't continue to possess it. We, you know, we have, we, he said, confess your own faults one to another. How many of you know that confession is good for the soul? If the devil can hide his lies, that's how he hides his lies inside of us. When he, when, uh, through pride, well, don't, don't tell nobody. I ain't going to tell nobody, you know, I, I don't want nobody knowing this. I don't, you know, Jesus said, confess your own fault one to another. Pride is what keeps us from being able to say sorry. Pride is what the Bible proverb says, pride will bring a man low. Isn't that how the devil got kicked out of heaven? He got kicked out of heaven because of pride. His pride brought him low. He got kicked from heaven down to earth. And a man's pride will bring him low. Pride is a spirit of the devil himself. It's a Leviathan principality spirit. Pride keeps us from submitting ourselves to the Lord. God said, he told us to submit ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Then we can resist the devil and then he'll have to flee. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Why does God resist the proud? Because pride, a proud, a pride is the spirit that comes directly from the devil. Pride says, God, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do what I want to do. Father, forgive us. We repent of that attitude. We repent of that prideful attitude. Forgive us, Father, because we did not know. 
But now that we do know, Father, we will submit ourselves unto your word, unto your, your will and unto your way. And how many of you know it's not just enough to know the word? We actually got to act on it. The Bible tells us to be doers of the word and not hearers only, lest we deceive ourselves. So therefore, like I said, we must humble ourselves. And whenever we confess our faults and admit what we did or said was wrong and receive God's forgiveness for our sins, it will help us to become free from the lie called deceit and pride. Confessing our faults will also help us to grow spiritually in Jesus Christ and to become a mature person. It takes a mature person, it takes a mature Christian, a mature believer, a mature individual to be, when you, to be able to say that I'm sorry that I was wrong. See, when you know who you are, you'll understand and realize that what you do is not who you are. This is why people have another reason why they have such a hard time saying they're sorry, because they equate what they do as being who they are. And they're afraid that if I say that I'm sorry, then I'm, what I'm saying is this is who I am. When in fact, what you do is not who you are, but it's an act in which we allow our flesh to commit. So when, you, when we mess up, when we make a bad choice and we mess up, that was our flesh. The real us is the spirit. Let's humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Ask for forgiveness or, or receive someone else's forgiveness if they've sinned against you. And let's move on from that. Because until you forgive it, you will continually, you will continue to relive it. Who are we not to forgive someone? Who are we not to even forgive ourselves? And you know, that's something that we have to look at too, because we forgive other people, but then we don't forgive ourselves. When we refuse to forgive ourselves, what we're saying is that the blood of Jesus is not enough for us. The devil is a liar. The blood of Jesus, the same way the blood is... It's good enough to cover them is the same way the blood covered us. So make sure that you're not just forgiving other people, but make sure that you are allowing, um, you are forgiving yourself also. So what we're going to do is we're not going to justify. We're no longer, I'm getting ready to end it here in just a second, but we're no longer justifying our wrong behaviors. We're confessing, we're confessing it so we don't continue to possess it. We must omit, admit it so we can quit it. If you're not willing to admit it, you're not going to be able to quit it. Why? Because without correction, we open ourselves up to deception, to that spirit of deception. And as, as we approach these evil in times, the Bible says that some are not going to endure sound doctrine. They're going to run around trying to find teachers uh, to tell them what they want to hear with these itching ears. And all that comes from is entertainment. You know, this is why it's so relevant. It's so important that we tell people the truth. Because when you love people for real, telling people the truth is not hard. Because your motive and your agenda is the heart of God. God is truth. And uh, uh, your motive and your agenda for telling that person the truth is not to crush them or to break them. But your motive for telling people the truth is to restore them, is to correct them and to restore them and to keep them from being deceived. It's so important. We have to tell the people the truth. And guess what? When we uh, when we care more about what people think than what Jesus thinks, we set our own selves up in our lives to become a God. Do you realize that? It's not about what God thinks. It's about what they're going to think about me. 
And when we're self-centered, we're not Christ-centered. Are you the God of your own life? And when we refuse to forgive, what we're saying is, God, I don't care what you say. But you know what? The Bible says if we don't forgive, God can't forgive us. Why? Because for him to forgive us and we not forgive others, he would have to go against himself. And God is not going to go against himself. And so God is not going to change. He's telling us to, for us to be ye transformed, for us to be ye changed um, by the renewing of our mind. So Adam blamed Eve and God and Eve blamed the serpent. And no one took responsibilities for their own actions and reactions. The next, so, you know, I, I want to end it here. This is going to be my assignment for today. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to confess your own faults. It's that self-righteous spirit. That spirit of pride is connected to self-righteousness. That's the spirit that blinds us, that causes us to have the plank in our eye when we can't see ourselves. We have to be able to see. None of us are perfect and none of us have arrived. And this is why I always tell people, I am the main subject of my own life story. I am the work. Lord, it's me. I'm standing in the need of prayer. Because regardless of what my husband or my kids or anyone else do or don't do, at the end of the day, we are, as believers, we're responsible for doing what God has told us to do. I am, you know, I can't, we can't blame our actions and reactions on based on other others' behaviors. In other words, when you go to say you're sorry today, because I'm believing God by faith that we're going to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And when you go to say you're sorry to your spouse or whoever, family member, whoever, that you're, when you say you're sorry, you're not going to add nothing else to it. Like, I'm sorry, but, but you shouldn't have did this. No, 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 no excuses. This is just about you and God. If they never say they sorry, that's between them and God. But that's going to release you and free you. So when you uh, remember, I want to I want to reiterate this, that when we blame other people for our actions and reactions, what we're saying is that they have power over our will. And we know that's not true, because unless a person is demon possessed, we are responsible for making our own choices. We make our own choices and I can't blame you the same way I can't blame you for making me do good. I can't blame you for making me do evil. You know, we say it all the time when you when you're trying to encourage a family member or love, or, you know, uh, to do something right or to do something good. Sometimes the devil use them and say, you can't make me go to church or you can't make me read my Bible. You know what? The same way we can't make each other do good. We can't make each other do bad unless a person is demon possessed. They have control over their will. They have control over their choices. But the thing is, what are your choices connected to? What is your why lie? What lie is the devil telling you to justify that wrong behavior? What, what's your why lie? Our why lie is our motive. Wherever there's a stronghold, addiction, or bondage, it's connected to a devil's lie. So here's the assignment. Find your why lie. Find why you're smoking those cigarettes. Find why you're, you're angry all the time. I'm not telling you to focus on the sin, but I am telling you to focus on the issue because we are the main subject. We, we have to deal with those inner hidden things. You know, God said that man looks on the outside, but God looks on the inside. And God looked at David. And we would say, David, ooh, David is a mess. King David is a mess, but God said King David is blessed. 
Why? Because God saw his heart. He knew that even though he didn't know how to do what he knew he was supposed to do. How, how many of you know that? That you could, we can know the word. Our heart desire as believers, it is to please the Lord. It really is. And that's why the Apostle Paul talks about it over in Romans, the, the, uh, the, the, the war and the, the, the war between the flesh and the spirit. He said, what I want to do good, evil is always present. And he said, oh, wretched man am I. You know, how, how am I going to deal with this? And he said, okay, I got it. It's with my mind that I serve the law of God. But it's with my flesh that I serve the law of sin. So in order um, to serve the law of God with our mind, we have to renew our mind to the word of God. Romans 12 and 2 tells us, first of all, he tells us in one, to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when we change our way of thinking, not only do we change our behaviors, but we are, are um, but our, our, we change our way of thinking. We change our behaviors. We change our desires. See, the body do what the mind tell it to. So when you, we begin to renew our mind, then transformation can begin in our lives. But at the end of the day, it still comes down to our will. So we must submit, the Bible says, whoever we yield our members to, that's who we serve it to. So we must be willing to yield, to come up under submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, therefore, submit yourself under the mighty hand of God. Then you can resist the devil and he'll flee because God resists the proud. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit yourself under the mighty hand of God. So then you can resist the devil and he will flee. If we want the devil out of our lives, all we have to do is submit ourselves to Jesus Christ. I'm going to end it here. You guys be blessed, be encouraged. Until next time, I'm going to get back to you. Good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone. This is Pearly Martin, Arthur Pearly Martin, and I'm dropping in today for part chapter two of my series episode from my book, Understanding Your Own Issues and Other Issues. Yesterday we talked about, the other day we talked about the blame game, and I challenged you to own your own issues. Today, we're going to talk about confessing your own thoughts. Now that we have admitted it and we're no longer blaming others for our actions and our reactions, because what we learn from the blame game is that when we blame others uh, for what we do, it's really a statement of weakness because what we're really saying is they have power and control over us. Now, like I said to you, I don't know about you, but that's just too much power for me. So, hey, I'm going to drop in. We're going to start with James 5. James 5 and 16 is coming from my book again, Understanding Your Own Issues and Other Issues. Um, page 10. I'm on page 10 if you have my book. If you don't have my book, order it online at Amazon, Barnes and Nobles under Pearly Martin Books. Okay, so let's jump right into it. James 5, 16, NIV said, Therefore, confess your, confess, confess your sins um, to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and affection, effective. 
So here he's telling us in James uh, 5, 16, for us to confess our own our own sins one to another. One translation says, King James said, confess your own faults one to another. Um, so I want to say, confess your own faults one to another and not the faults of others. Confessing other people's faults are not going to get us free. We must confess our own faults um, one to another because we have to admit it before we can quit it. How many of you know that Matthew's reminded us that we must take the blank out of our own eye before we can see the speck, the splinter in our brother's eyes? So we, God wants us to look at ourselves so we can confess our own thing. Because how many of you know that we are really the main subject of our own life story? Here, I, I want to go into a little bit more. It says, we are to confess our own faults and not the faults of others. So we can be healed and set free from the... Um, from the issues which are flowing out of our own individual lives. Um, I want to ask the question, what's the issues that are in your life? What's the issues that's coming from flowing from inside your heart? If we want to find what's inside the issues which are hiding inside our heart, we can simply listen to what's coming, the issues that are in our lives. And we can also listen to what's coming out of our mouths because the Bible tells us that um, at the abundance of our heart, our mouth is speaking. How many of you know that? Jesus said at the abundance of a man's heart, his mouth speaks. It's not that which goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but it's, that, it's what comes out of the mouth that defiles the man. So it's at the abundance of our own heart that our mouth is speaking. You want to know what's in your heart? Listen to what's coming out of your mouth. So how do we change uh, what's coming out of our heart? Is addiction, is addiction, is that an issue? Is anger an issue? Is envy an issue? In every area in our lives uh, where there's an addiction, a stronghold, a bondage, which we all have issues, um, we call that, you know, the, our issues are triggers. You know how people say, well, don't push that button. They push that button. No, that your I issues are your triggers. Those are your trigger issues. Okay. So, but those are attached to a lie. It's kind of like a bomb. A bomb has a detonator. Okay. And the only way that bomb can go off is if you push that detonator. Well, the devil knows how to push the detonator, but the only reason he's able to, to do it is because it's attached to a lie. Every area in our lives where there's an addiction, a stronghold, or a bondage is an area in our lives where we're believing a devil's lie. The issues in our lives is, is attached to the devil's lie. It's attached to a lie. Because, see, in order to do something, we act on what we believe, right? So those bad actions and reactions that we're having is coming, is stemming from a lie that we're believing. So Jesus told his disciples in John, he said, if you be my disciples, if you continue... If you are my disciples, if you, excuse me, if you continue my word, you are my disciples indeed, D-E-E-D, -E -E and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Well, what does God's word, what does the truth set us free from? The truth sets us free from a devil's lie. The truth in any area of our lives will set us free from a lie. When the light comes, when the truth comes, the darkness has to leave. The devil can no longer hold us captive by the lie. Isn't that what Eve did? She ate the lie. She believed the lie. She conceived the lie. She ate the lie. And she did and she did what she she acted on what she believed. She later came back and said, told the Lord, he deceived me. 
I was even deceived when she knew the word. She knew the word because she quoted it back to the devil. She told the devil what God said. The devil said, you, should, you cannot eat. And she said, yeah, he did say we can eat. We just can't eat from that tree. So she quoted the word back. How many of you know we can know the word and still be deceived if we don't believe? <laughs> See, deception comes through doubt and unbelief. That's how the spirit of deception comes. The devil convinces us that the truth is a lie and the lie is the truth. Isn't that what deception is? He, can, he tricked her out of the truth. Don't let the devil trick you out of the truth. This is why we have to be honest with ourselves. No, um, what we do is not who we are, but it's an action and a reaction in which we allow our flesh to commit. Okay, so don't confuse it. The real you is, a, is the spirit. We're spirit, soul, and body. But when we allow our flesh to do what it wants to do, then we need to repent of that. And we need to say that we're sorry. We need to confess it so we don't continue to possess it. We, you know, we have, we, he said, confess your own faults one to another. How many of you know that confession is good for the soul? If the devil can hide his lies, that's how he hides his lies inside of us. When he, when, uh, through pride, well, don't, don't tell nobody. I ain't going to tell nobody, you know. I, I don't want nobody knowing this. I don't, you know, Jesus said, confess your own fault one to another. Pride is what keeps us from being able to say sorry. Pride is what, the Bible proverb says, pride will bring a man low. Isn't that how the devil got kicked out of heaven? He got kicked out of heaven because of pride. His pride brought him low. He got kicked from heaven down to earth. And a man's pride will bring him low. Pride is a spirit of the devil himself. It's a Leviathan principality spirit. Pride keeps us from submitting ourselves to the Lord. God said he told us to submit ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Then we can resist the devil and then he'll have to flee. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Why does God resist the proud? Because pride, a proud, a pride is the spirit that comes directly from the devil. Pride says, God, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do what I want to do. Father, forgive us. We repent of that attitude. We repent of that prideful attitude. Forgive us, Father, because we did not know. But now that we do know, Father, we will submit ourselves unto your word, unto your, your will and unto your way. And how many of you know it's not just enough to know the word? We actually got to act on it. The Bible tells us to be doers of the word and not hearers only lest we deceive ourselves. So therefore, like I said, we must humble ourselves. And whenever we confess our faults and admit what we did or said was wrong and receive God's forgiveness for our sins, it will help us to become free from the lie called deceit and pride. Confessing our faults will also help us to grow spiritually in Jesus Christ and to become a mature person. It takes a mature person, it takes a mature Christian, a mature believer, a mature individual to be, when you, to be able to say that I'm sorry that I was wrong. See, when you know who you are, you'll understand and realize that what you do is not who you are. This is why people have another reason why they have such a hard time saying they're sorry. Because they equate what they do as being who they are. And they're afraid that if I say that I'm sorry, then I'm, what I'm saying is this is who I am. When in fact, what you do is not who you are, but it's an act in which we allow our flesh to commit. So when you, when we mess up, when we make a bad choice and we mess up, that was our flesh. The real us is the spirit. Let's humble ourselves under mighty hand of God. Ask for forgiveness 
or, or receive someone else's forgiveness if they've sinned against you. And let's move on from that. Because until you forgive it, you will continually you will continue to relive it. Who are we not to forgive someone? Who are we not to even forgive ourselves? And you know, that's something that we have to look at too, because we forgive other people, but then we don't forgive ourselves. When we refuse to forgive ourselves, what we're saying is that the blood of Jesus is not enough for us. The devil is a liar. The blood of Jesus, the same way the blood is, is good enough to cover them is the same way the blood covered us. So make sure that you're not just forgiving other people, but make sure that you are allowing, um, you are forgiving yourself also. So what we're going to do is we're not going to justify, we're no longer, I'm getting ready to end it here in just a second, but we're no longer justifying our wrong behaviors. We're confessing, we're confessing it so we don't continue to possess it. We must omit, admit it so we can quit it. If you're not willing to admit it, you're not going to be able to quit it. Why? Because without correction, we open ourselves up to deception, to that spirit of deception. And as, as we approach these evil in times, the Bible says that some are not going to endure sound doctrine. They're going to run around trying to find teachers uh, to tell them what they want to hear with these itching ears. And all that comes from is entertainment. You know, this is why it's so relevant. It's so important that we tell people the truth. Because when you love people for real, telling people the truth is not hard. Because your motive and your agenda is the heart of God. God is truth. And uh, uh, your motive and your agenda for telling that person the truth is not to crush them or to break them. But your motive for telling people the truth is to restore them. Is to correct them and to restore them and to keep them from being deceived. It's so important. We have to tell the people the truth. And guess what? When we, uh, when we care more about what people think than what Jesus thinks, we set our own selves up in our lives to become a God. Do you realize that? It's not about what God thinks. It's about what they're going to think about me. And when we're self-centered, we're not Christ-centered. Are you the God of your own life? And when we refuse to forgive, what we're saying is, God, I don't care what you say. But you know what? The Bible says if we don't forgive, God can't forgive us. Why? Because for him to forgive us and we not forgive others, he would have to go against himself. And God is not going to go against himself. And so God is not going to change. He's telling us to, for, for us to be ye transformed, for us to be ye changed um, by the renewing of our mind. So Adam blamed Eve and God and Eve blamed the serpent. And no one took responsibilities for their own actions and reactions. The next, so, you know, I, I want to end it here. This is going to be my assignment for today. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to confess your own faults. It's that self-righteous spirit. That spirit of pride is connected to self-righteousness. That's the spirit that blinds us, that causes us to have the plank in our eye when we can't see ourselves. We have to be able to see. None of us are perfect and none of us have arrived. And this is why I always tell people, I am the main subject of my own life story. I am the work. Lord, it's me. I'm standing in the need of prayer. Because regardless of what my husband or my kids or anyone else do or don't do, at the end of the day, we are, as believers, we're responsible for doing what God has told us to do. 
I am, you know, I can't, we can't blame our actions and reactions on, based on other, others' behaviors. In other words, when you go to say you're sorry today, because I'm believing God by faith, that we're going to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And when you go to say you're sorry to your spouse or whoever, family member, whoever, that you're, when you say you're sorry, you're not going to add nothing else to it. Like, I'm sorry, but, but you shouldn't have did this. No, 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 no excuses. This is just about you and God. If they never say they sorry, that's between them and God. But that's going to release you and free you. So when you uh, remember, I want to I want to reiterate this, that when we blame other people for our actions and reactions, what we're saying is that they have power over our will. And we know that's not true, because unless a person is demon possessed, we are responsible for making our own choices. We make our own choices and I can't blame you the same way I can't blame you for making me do good. I can't blame you for making me do evil. You know, we say it all the time when you when you're trying to encourage a family member or love, uh, you know, uh, to do something right or to do something good. Sometimes the devil use them and say, you can't make me go to church or you can't make me read my Bible. You know what? The same way we can't make each other do good. We can't make each other do bad unless a person is demon possessed. They have control over their will. They have control over their choices. But the thing is, what are your choices connected to? What is your why lie? What lie is the devil telling you to justify that wrong behavior? What, what's your why lie? Our why lie is our motive. Wherever there's a stronghold, addiction, or bondage, it's connected to a devil's lie. So here's the assignment. Find your why lie. Find why you're smoking those cigarettes. Find why you're, you're angry all the time. I'm not telling you to focus on the sin, but I am telling you to focus on the issue because we are the main subject. We, we have to deal with those inner hidden things. You know, God said that man looks on the outside, but God looks on the inside. And God looked at David. And we would say, David, oh, David is a mess. King David is a mess. But God said, King David is blessed. Why? Because God saw his heart. He knew that even though he didn't know how to do what he knew he was supposed to do. How, how many of you know that? That you could, we can know the word. Our heart desire as believers, it is to please the Lord. It really is. And the, that's why the apostle Paul talks about it over in Romans, the, 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 uh, the, the, the war and the, the, the war between the flesh and the spirit. He said, when I want to do good, evil is always present. And he said, oh, wretched man am I. You know, how, how am I going to deal with this? And he said, okay, I got it. It's with my mind that I serve the law of God. But it's with my flesh that I serve the law of sin. So in order um, to serve the law of God with our mind, we have to renew our mind to the word of God. Romans 12 and 2 tells us, First of all, he tells us in one to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God and be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when we change our way of thinking, not only do we change our behaviors, but we are, are um, but our, our, we change our way of thinking. We change our behaviors. We change our desires. See, the body do what the mind tell it to. So when we begin to renew our mind, then transformation can begin in our lives. But at the end of the day, it still comes down to our will. So we must submit. The Bible says whoever we yield our members to, that's who we serve it to. 
So we must be willing to yield to come up under submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, therefore, submit yourself under the mighty hand of God. Then you can resist the devil and he'll flee because God resists the proud. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit yourself under the mighty hand of God. So then you can resist the devil and he will flee. If we want the devil out of our lives, all we have to do is submit ourselves to Jesus Christ. I'm going to end it here. You guys be blessed, be encouraged. Until next time, I'm going to get back to you.